Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Today on the podcast, we dig into the depths of planet SR388. Welcome to Lore Party, the podcast that explores the stories, characters, and lore behind some of our favorite video game universes. I'm sitting here with Lawrence, and we're going to talk Metroid 2, which I'm making him play for the very first time. Lawrence, how's it going? Uh, it could be better. <laughs> to clarify, are you playing uh, the original original AM2R or the new one that's out? I'm actually playing the original original. So we're going to do the exact same thing we did with the boo. I realize I never introduced myself. I'm Neil, and I'm making everyone play through the Metroid franchise. So, what questions do you have so far? Let's. What do you want to know? Um, so I guess one of my first questions, you know, playing Zero Mission, where is all of my stuff? Because I felt like this came right after the whole craziness in Zero Mission, and I was like a powerhouse. And... Then I start out and I'm like, oh, hey, I'm like pretty stripped down here. So that's like a staple of the Metroid franchise. I mean, really, any like Zelda is a good example to any video game. Like you're going to start off with absolutely nothing every single time or start off with powers and some are stripped away. Obviously, the game wouldn't be as fun if, if you just started as a powerhouse. So there's two like that being like the mechanical reason, obviously. But on like the timeline overall, the Metroid Prime series actually slots in between 1 and 2, so you could kind of speculate and give reason to, for Metroid Prime 3, like, your suit was based off of the intake of Phazon or whatever, the PED suit, uh, and so you're going to give that up or that's going to be stripped away or whatever, now you're back in, like, your base power suit. But even in Metroid 2, you start off with... Uh, yeah, it's the base power suit, but you still have the long beam, so you don't have that pea shooter anymore. You start with the morph ball, you start with missiles, so you already have like probably the most beef out of any game to to come into the planet. I think the the deeper I go into uh, SR three eight eight, the <laughs> the more weapons I want that they're not giving me. But yeah, right. And it has to feel tough to go back because like as far as like the beams go, you can't stack any of those anymore. You can't switch them at will. You just you have to make a well-informed decision and grab whatever you think is best. Yeah. And if you don't look at the instruction guide that like kind of explains like, hey, this is what like this weird artifact is going to give you. You're kind of just going in blind, which is it kind of takes me back to my childhood because like I got, this was one of the first Game Boy games that I ever had. Dot Matrix with stereo sound, dude. Oh my God. Yeah. It's like, I'm five years old when I have this game and I'm like playing through here. Like, you know, you're five years old and you're playing a video game. You have no time whatsoever to look at um, like the instruction manual. You're just like, I'm, I'm playing a game where I'm a person in a suit and I'm shooting stuff. 
Right, yeah, and you have the patience to deal with how excruciating that game can be. Everything's green and black and looks the same, but oh god, yeah, you're moving along just fine. Right, as a five year old. Uh, right, right. <laughs> Playing it as an adult is like, you know, hey, I'm like a little bit more observant about what's going on, but it's still like just as uh, just as crazy. So I, I like it because it, it remind you know it takes me back. You know, I didn't realize that you were actually going deeper into the planet. And that, like, right. this planet is apparently in, like, some way tied to the Chozo? Yes, big time. So, like, I'm sure, like, you've seen, like, the statues and stuff going around, right? Like, same as Super and Zero Mission and all that. Right. So, the statue, like, basically it's just culture, almost, at least in the case of SR388, just... The Chozo are a colonizing people, so they came down, you know, they brought their art and their technology, they left statues and murals and what have you, and it's more or less just the proof that they were there. You know, like, they're colonizers, they're, they were a proud warrior race of these avian people who turned to spiritualism and technology, and the statues are just the sacred art form found on their colonized planets, which is... A lot compared to just like, oh, hey, here's the thing with the item, you know, mechanically in the game. Right. And it's interesting because it's just like, you know, here's this like special upgrade and or, you know, special artifact. And it's like essentially like a powerful upgrade or some sort of, you know, weapon or like something that you're using to survive, which I, I think is pretty cool. So one of my big questions about this game is why are you on this planet so to speak that is a good question for any metroid game honestly um so this it's weird uh this one has a little more going on to it than the other games did and even in the original like like you just had to read the manual and like the whole story is right there and absolutely no one did so <laughs> Um, from top to bottom, uh, I'll go like in the sense that like zero mission, like was right before, you know? Um, so there's a whole government, uh, the galactic federation and they have this research team, you know, there's, they have a bunch of scientists and stuff. It's, it's advanced society and they are on planet SR388 and they find the Metroids. I'm going to assume that you have a rough understanding of what Metroids are since you're spending the game hunting them down. Okay. Right. So they get one, they have a sample, they have a Metroid, and they're about to go take it back to their research station or headquarters or whatever, and the space pirates, who you don't see in this game, attack the researchers, and they steal the Metroids on their voyage home, and this kind of kicks off Zero Mission. They plan to replicate it, they plan to exploit their ability uh, for the Metroids to drain life away, and they're going to turn it into a weapon to conquer the galaxy. So Zero Mission happens, you know, go stop the Space Pirates, uh, stop the Metroids, blah, 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 Mother Brain. And then the Metroid Prime series occurs. So while that's going down, a second expedition team, or rather a special squadron, goes to SR388 because they say, hey, we got to make sure there's no Metroids left on this planet. Like, these things are clearly a problem. And they manage to transmit some information that, hey, there are Metroids on the planet still, they're in the interior, And they will, quote, forever pose a devastating threat to the galaxy. And then next thing they know, contact is lost. End of transmission. That's all they have. So 
A search and rescue team goes out to find them, along with a special combat group just in case. And surprise, surprise, nobody comes back alive. Uh. So, Samus Aran, experienced bounty hunter, experienced Metroid combatant, is once again hired by the Galactic Federation to exterminate the Metroid presence on this planet. And so it's just like kind of like a controlled extinction, essentially. Yeah. Um, and so the deal is why the Chozo are important as well is they, I don't know if you know, they created the Metroids. Oh, no. Like they, they're responsible for this. Yeah. The whole reason was there is this thing called the X-Parasite, which is basically more or less the villain in uh, Metroid Fusion on the Game Boy Advance. And they were they were messing stuff up on SR388. And the Chozo were like, oh, man. These things will annihilate the universe by killing and assimilating creatures. Let's make something to kill them. Metroid in the Chozo language means ultimate warrior. Ah. So they're sending their, you know, <laughs> WWE ultimate. They're sending their ultimate warrior to combat what they perceive to be as the greatest threat. And that's kind of the folly of the Chozo as well, is that they just created this giant devastating monster to take care of another and they had also created mother brain your main threat in zero mission and they just keep screwing up through their technology thinking that they should be these uh observers and like sometimes interfere in the universe for being this prophetic spiritual race of bird folk yeah it's crazy too like that you mention how they went from being a warrior race to like you know a more spiritual race but then they continue to create these things that, like, you know, essentially wreak havoc. And, like, they, they create these things that, like, that cause bigger problems instead of actively dealing with one threat. It's like they're accustomed to fighting fire with fire, essentially. That's honestly how it seems. Yeah, that's, that's a very good point. I didn't really put much thought into that myself before. Yeah, 100%, I'd say. Yeah, it's like, hey, there's a fire. <laughs> there's a fire. Should we get some water? No, add more fire. It kind of kind of seems like what, you know, what they're they're accustomed to doing. But I, then again, I guess they created, you know, they essentially created Samus, you know. Right. Only because the space pirates like pretty much destroyed her home planet and ate her parents or whatever. And the only reason the space pirates went to Zevis is because of, of course, Metroid. So it's kind of full circle. You could kind of argue that Chozo are responsible for the death of Samus's parents and people. But who's to say? <laughs> All conjecture. And then they kind of just make up for it by exactly. making her into a super warrior. Right, here's a suit. Please go please go clean up our mistakes. Yeah, oh my god. It's If you can lay waste to Mother Brain and exterminate the Metroids, that would be great. Sorry about that. Wow. It's of, of course though, they're not there to tell her that because they're all dead. Yeah. Or just not around. Interest. That's that's actually really interesting to think about. Yeah, like in you don't encounter Chozo people at all in Metroid games, uh pretty much because they got so technologically like they peaked like techno technologically like they they did everything they could they got super old as a result of their prolonged age they became sterile so they're not reproducing they have almost no need to and they all just die like and it's all it's almost all isolated incidents they either just die of old age and never reproduced space pirates killed them or their creation the metroids killed them 
Right, so that was a little long-winded between the Chosen while you're there on the planet, but basically, you're cleaning up their mess. You, they, they messed up, and you gotta go do something about it, because of course now the entire galaxy is in jeopardy. And it's funny, um, going back to, like, like, I had no idea that, like, you know, that SR-38A was even a Chozo colony, or, you know, a place where they lived and settled like all you know when you land there is there's 39 metroids and you have 30 missiles like that's all the information you have if you just fire up the game yeah which speaking of just firing up the game i don't think we said uh where are you exactly like how many metroids do you have left what equipment do you have oh my god i have 20 27 27 metroid that i have um that are left um and i have i currently i had the wave beam and then I died, but and I didn't. I hadn't saved in a bit, so like, never could get back there and get the wave beam. So I'm still currently rocking the ice beam. Yeah, the, that original game is so hard to navigate. You don't have a map, and again, everything is green and black unless you're playing the colored version of it, which still doesn't help because everything in that game looks the same. Right, and then there are some secret passages. So like, there are times where I'm just like aimlessly sliding into the wall in my morph ball. Like, I need to see if I can go here. And you can't progress any further until you've killed a certain amount of Metroid. Like, then the lava starts to drain. And I've gotten to the point where the Metroids that I'm facing have evolved twice. Oh, oh, so twice. So what, the first one was the Alpha Metroid with the little horn, right? Then the Gamma. So now you're at the Zeta Metroid. Oh, no, I'm I'm sorry. I'm at the Gamma Metroid. So I'm at the... You're, oh, man, I spoil. Oh, yeah, I don't know how much you know, but it, it gets worse. There are some real horrors to come. <laughs> well, like, the thing that was surprising was that the Gamma Metroids, like, are kind of electrified, in a sense. Yes. And so, mm-hmm. when I first encountered them, too, um, you know, I'm in some random part of this dungeon of horrors, and I'm just blasting, like through the wall there's like wall that you can shoot through and then there's one like that's in the center of it and it just flies out and i'm like whoa i've never seen this before oh my god and it's like <laughs> there's like little tiny bolts of electricity that you can see coming from it and i'm just trying to yeah shoot it's it. horrifying you just see them on the edge of the screen and once you get close enough they just start cruising at you and when they bounce when you hit them with the um when you hit them with the missiles and they bounce back and it's like oh my god i can't aim yeah it's horrifying, too, because, like, you know the ice beams in the game, and, like, that's great in the original Metroid or rather Zero Mission for you. Like, the ice beam was your saving grace. You're going to freeze those guys. You're going to shatter them with some missiles, maybe super missiles, and everything's going to be gravy. That doesn't work anymore. Yeah, no. Now you have this game where you need to hit their underbellies with missiles because they've they literally evolved right in front of your eyes. And you, that's the worst part of the game for me when it shows its age. You can't aim diagonally. Oh, God. Like, oh, man, Super Metroid really fixed that. But Got to jump and go under. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And and like, just like you were saying with the ice beam, that's what I thought. I was like, whoa, you get the ice beam, like, right at the beginning of the game. I'm like, they're serious about killing these Metroid. I'm like, bring it on now. Then you shoot it, and it's like, oh, (laughs) this is not the ice beam I remember. (laughs) Pretty much, yeah. The beams work, they seem to work a little differently. and They bring it back in Samus Returns for 3DS, but they didn't have the same functions almost, where it was like, oh, I'll shoot through this room of enemies. Oh, like, Plasma Beam will, like, shred through all the armor. And Ice Beam, I can, like, do some real cool platforming stuff. Like, 
all the basic functions of those utilities are there, but they're not at the same scope as they are in the later games. But it's cool that it sets the foundation. Like, a lot of people don't even know that the Plasma Beam is in Metroid 2, and you have all that stuff once again because it's a giant Chozo colony where they left all the stuff that's compatible with your power suit. Like, there's a reason it's there. It's there for you. Yes. And I will say, one one thing that I can, I can say about this game um, is that it does actually feel like you're on a mission because like your mission like you know the prime directive of your mission is to like exterminate this this uh group of creatures that's you know is a potential threat and you you have to do that and it gets progressively harder as you do that as you would expect and then in between you just experience some like hey here are some of the like you know local creatures that are in this that are inhabiting this planet that are kind of dangerous so there's not that like all of a sudden here comes some like space pirate or some unrelated um like you know enemy it's like you're focused on the mission the entire time and it's the because the mission itself is grueling and and i that's what i kind of appreciate about it i feel like it like you kind of really experience the fatigue of like you don't have a personal vendetta this time there's no space pirates there's no old home planet of zevis it's you, this is a con this is your first like real contract job where you have like no strings attached to it like right obviously you know the space pirates shouldn't have the metroids but like that's the that that's the point of the mission there's nothing more to it Ex- go exterminate exactly uh before i want to wrap up i realized like you had brought up a very interesting point i didn't realize you did uh the smaller creatures, the non-Metroids, as you go deeper and deeper, just have you noticed that the the more you go through the caverns, there's less enemies? Yes. I've noticed that because, you know, I was using them to pretty much just grab, like, health from, and I've been having a harder time finding, um, like, you know, health when I'm, I'm running out now. So the reason you're seeing less and less is because these Metroids are sealed underground. They suck the life out of everything. They are predators on this planet. This is their planet. They are killing everything down there. And you're going deeper and deeper and deeper into that. It's only going to get more grueling until you pop out on the other end of the planet. I, that's, that's all I can tell you right now at this point until you beat it. Yeah, I'm, I'm worried about what I'm actually going to see next now that I know that I'm going to have like less resources for health but more dangerous enemies. (laughs) I don't know how this game ends because I never beat it as a kid. So that's, that's why I'm like, Oh crap. I don't know. Like, where does this like, you know, end at? This is actually the biggest story moment of the entire franchise is the ending of this game. This really kicks everything off in the whole series. I think for right now, that's, that's a good ending point right here. Once you, once you just burrow in deeper and deeper, I'm I'm really hoping you're going to see what this is all about and how it affects everything. Hey, I'm excited to do that. Well, that wraps it up for this episode. We want to thank you for tuning in and being part of the show. Be sure to connect with us on Twitter at lore underscore party and leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>